back to Trash and Treasures, where we watch the movies other people throw away. My name is Vry, and with me as always is Dorothy. Hello. And with us this week, we actually have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, special guest? Yes, I am the fabulous, illustrious, and fantastic Alexis Sergio. Thank you all for having me. You're all honored, I'm sure. I am incredibly honored. This is exciting. Yes. Yay, fun. <laughs> and especially exciting because we asked Alexis what movies she'd like to do, and she, she brought up one of our favorites, which is Deb's, the adorable 2004 action rom-com that more people should watch. Everyone should watch it. It is literally the greatest film ever made. Uh, I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. This <laughs> really should. It, yeah, if it seems a little deja vu to y'all, um, we did talk about Deb's once way back in the first couple months of uh, of our show, but um, we were really inexperienced. We'd prefer if you don't listen to that one instead, listen to this one. Yes. Yeah, this one's better. It has me. I mean, everything's better if you add me. Thank exactly. You. I mean, <laughs> yes. obvious benefits. How long can I keep up this fake ego? We'll see. <laughs> I could see you make it. We're, we're charmed. Yes. There we go. <laughs> yeah, this is a very special episode, uh, a, a very special movie for Dorothy, so I am going to defer to her for this one, for, for all the background and feelings information. But to give you kind of the very, very basic, basic, uh, this movie was made in 2004. The director is Angela Robinson who more recently, some of you, I hope, are familiar with her from Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, which is... So good. I need to watch that. It's so good. Tears like, were shed. Right on my list. I, I'm, like, super into that as a poly gal. I'm like, right? I want to yep, get that poly rep. Mm -hmm. Give it to me. We had a lot of feelings about it. It's probably one of the only films that I've watched with that that's actually about a, a poly relationship that gives a shit about the, the queer arm of it, like above and beyond, which is very heartening. Yeah. I mean, you do a disservice to those like real life people. If you did it since they were like together almost longer than Marston was alive. Yep. <laughs> so they their kids together. So that was almost 13 years after this one. I don't, I don't think that she did a lot of feature film work in between then. Um, she was working on the L Word television uh, stuff a lot. Respectable, although I've watched the L Word, and all I can think is that the people in 2004 who really, really love it were just desperate. I mean, we didn't even get to the dog murder, so... Were you a... I initially discovered Debs when... Um, my dad had the Sundance channel at his house and um, on uh, Sundance one time they were doing like an independent short films um, marathon and the short film version of this that Robinson made um, I believe she was still in college was part of the marathon and I was just really charmed and fascinated it was super campy uh, even more so than the than the feature length version, the only actress it had in common was um, the girl who plays Janet. She was still very upset about her sweaters. 
<laughs> her probably stolen sweaters. <laughs> and I just remember I had never really seen anything quite like that because it's this jokey genre story, but everybody in it's a girl. And, you know, everybody's familiar with foyer, but actually seeing this female foyer type couple on screen was something different. And it was only about five or ten minutes long. Uh, it was set up to feel like an entry in an ongoing series. And then a couple years later, I saw a trailer. Or, no, it was probably one year later, I saw a trailer for the feature, which is what we're talking about today. And I never did get to see it in the theater. <laughs> I'm sure it had, like, a bitsy theatrical run. Yeah, really, really small. Um... But then um, a while later, I managed to get my hands on DVD, which involved asking my grandfather for it for Christmas, which was interesting. <laughs> you know what? He was surprisingly on board. <laughs> yeah, yes. I love my grandpa. Soul. What about you, Alexis? How'd you find this movie? So, I don't know if you're all familiar with the uh, comic Heathen. Uh, but it's a, it's like an indie comic, and uh, mm -hmm. the artist was doing a series where she like drew lesbian movies, like her reactions, and like it was like a commentary on lesbian films. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was like on Patreon. She still has those comics up, and if you back her on Patreon, you can access them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like, what's the price? I think I just give her a dollar, so I assume you can get them just for a dollar. But anyway, so yeah, she did that, and I saw her talk about devs, and I was like, this is the first time that I was like, oh my god, I'm really excited to like watch one of these lesbian movies because I'm not, like, very into drama or, like, that. And right, very... this is not an intense, uh, soul-scarring drama where somebody ends up dead. Yeah. Like, that's all good and that's, like, important and everything, but, like, that's not what I'm about. Like, I'm a, I'm a, an idiot who likes to write funny things and, like, I will deflect with humor whenever possible. So... Like that made like that was like oh my god I'm so excited so I'm like I'm searching it out and I finally find it and I wish that I like bought a copy of the DVD because it's a little bit more expensive now it's not like super expensive which was is it out of print I think it's out of print but it's like it's only like twenty bucks or something and you think it's also part of like a combination pack of a bunch of other movies that I don't think are gay and it's just there and it's like I found that for like five dollars online or something like that and I'm like I could get that but I kind of want the special features when I'm going to buy it mm -hmm. the less compressed yeah yeah. I believe the uh, the short film is also over available as part of a combo pack of lesbian short films which it's kind of a bummer that I imagine the right situation shakes out different so you can't actually get it on the Debs DVD yeah, yeah, I think there's some sort of issue there. But, and, last and, and the short film is definitely pretty clumsy and basically just built around the joke. So I wouldn't say that, you know, you have to see it or anything, but that's just, that was my first um, introduction to Debs, and I think that's kind of unusual. I think most people have seen the feature mm -hmm. because it's a feature. And I believe, last we checked, it was streaming on Amazon, so hopefully it's still there. Yes, it is. I um, I saw it there, so it's there. 
Yay. Yay! So at least it's still accessible, even if the DVD's gone out of print. Yeah, and it's not for now. The DVD's not very expensive, so it might still be in print. It might just be like one of those things where you know it's tem- it was temporarily out of stock when I looked at it, and then it's back. Right. Like that happens all the time, uh, especially for you know niche movies. Yeah, it's it's such a bummer that this one's kind of little known because like this is basically what people ask for all the time, which is gay like genre movies that also happen to be gay. Yeah, I mean, I, when I found out, I was like, okay, well, this is the movie I've been wanting. Like, thank you. It's the, So, like, that's why I, I hail it as, like, the best movie. It's because because it, it has the things I care about, which is girls who like girls and, like, fun, silly action and, and comedy, which is, like, it's, it's a triple threat. It's kind of like um, Lesbian Totally Spies. Right, where... where... With, with less kink. <laughs> Yeah, less horny, more gay. <laughs> <laughs> or or lesbian megamind, basically. Adorable villain who's not actually that evil makes good for the sake of love. And she's played by Jordana Brewster. She's so pretty. She's very pretty. <sighs> um, Dorothy, do you want to give like a basic plot summary for people? Extremely basic, because th- this movie's about the ride. Mm-hmm. So... Hidden in the SAT is a secret test that measures your ability to lie, cheat, and kill. Girls are recruited to Jameson College, where they learn to be Debs. Now, I have to stress, this is supposedly about college students, but they all wear schoolgirl uniforms. Yeah. But supposedly they're college students. It's about college, y'all. They're college age. So it's not weird when they fuck. So anyway, Amy is a Deb who has the perfect score. Nobody knows what that means, but she's supposed to be the perfect, uh, the perfect spy. And uh, she's on a squad with her, with her friends slash teammates, Max, who is the leader, very tough, very dedicated, very cool, deserves way less bullshit than she gets. Mm-hmm. Janet who is extremely prissy, not particularly good at anything, um, and kind of the load, and Dominique, who is French. <laughs> extremely <laughs> French. She's a French stereotype played by Devin Aoki, and um, she has sex. I don't know. She's, a, she she's also kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's kind of great. She's just there to fill out the squad, and it's great. So one day, uh, while they're assigned a mission to do surveillance on the notorious supercriminal Lucy Diamond, who has a meet with a mysterious Russian assassin, unbeknownst to them, they are interrupting her blind date. The most awkward blind date. (laughs) The worst. (laughs) Uh, Sparks fly between Amy and... And Lucy, and over a series of shenanigans and capers enabled by um, Lucy Diamond's henchman, Scud, played by Jimmy Simpson. He's adorable. (laughs) He's just the best bro. Um, They fall in love. Amy is temporarily kidnapped. Kidnapped. Um, And then has to deal with the fallout of people finding out about her attraction to Lucy and figure out her own identity. 
And they fall in love, everybody. It's so good. They fall in love and there's a montage. Oh my god. There's erasure so in there, so probably <gasps> don't post any clips of this online. I I imagine that that yeah. Yeah, erasure hates you and YouTube and your desire to listen to their music. I'm thinking about where to start. I, I guess maybe with just the kind of general rom- should we just start with the romance and go out from there? Because they're very cute. The romance or the vibe of the the movie, which is so light and cheesy. Mm-hmm. It is it, it is a fun do. It is, it is so cheese. It is like it is amazing. And it's like, so good. Because it does have like a, a narrative consistency to the world. Like like, like, it definitely is, like, goofy, but it is goofy in that way, like, like, totally spies is goofy, and it's like, okay, we know that, like, this is a little absurd, but, like, we're, we're committed to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a world where supervillains steal sacks of money with a dollar sign on them from banks. Mm-hmm. And, and the soror- the Deb's sorority house is protected by a force field that is plaid. Just like their skirts. I mean, you gotta commit to aesthetic. You don't just make a force field and go, like, that's a day. <laughs> and you know what they do? All the way down to the terrifying villains club that has a pool table and a foosball table and is just kind of chill. And they're just some random punks. <laughs> <laughs> so scary. Yeah, it, it is the most profoundly safe feeling thing in a way that's mostly pretty adorable. Occasionally silly when the plot, like, expects you to take seriously that Lucy... Is a legitimately threatening villain? No, no, no. They they just died of Ebola or um, frostbite. Lucy doesn't kill people in the same way that Batman doesn't kill people. <laughs> well, at, at least this movie recognizes that that's pretty villainous. Mm-hmm. Look, look. Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you kill a hetero, is it really killing a person? I don't know. <laughs> We have we have the one helpful hetero in this movie. Scott is an extremely good wingman. He's a he's a really good boy. He's the best. He's the best straight friend. I mean, I think that should be Jimmy more Simpson of a trope. A really in, nice straight friend guy. Yes, in his trip pants. Oh my god! Because this movie is peak two thousand four. It is. It's beautiful. <laughs> Janet, on the other hand, the worst. The worst. She doesn't deserve Scud. No. She does not. This character is extremely the nice friend who's homophobic in an extremely nice and concern-trolling way. You think she really called her mom? I don't think so. Because that plot thread never comes back. I think it's just an empty threat. (laughs) I think it was. I hope so. I would hope. Like, it it has to be, right? Or there's no way to to sympathize with her after, like, the movie asks us to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look, Amy's a slut, a gay slut. <laughs> yep. She just wants to be in love. So she has just broken up with her um, her douchey boyfriend who works for Homeland Security because this is 2004 and it's topical. Oh my god. We were talking about this and, and I, for a second, forgot that Homeland Security didn't exist before, like, 2002. And... That was a fucking upsetting realization. We sure do like to pretend that things that barely existed have existed forever and are totally necessary. Yep. Oh, it's depressing. Oh, it's depressing and upsetting. 
like, the, again, this is the lightest, fluffiest movie, but the Homeland Security dude is the douchiest, borderline psychotic bro in the entire film. I, I see you, Angela Robinson, and I respect that. Meanwhile, poor Max. Oh. Like, poor Max kind of colludes with people's homophobia, but it genuinely feels like she didn't realize it was a serious situation. Mm-hmm. For, for Amy, emotionally. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, she's just trying to do her job. She's just trying mm-hmm. to finish college and get a good job. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's that's what you got to do. She wants to get them good them good jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not really um, deeply gone into, but you can s- like paying attention to Max uh, during a viewing. You can see just how unfair her situation is. Because she's the one black girl on the team. She's hyper-competent, by far the one who should be in charge of this crime-fighting task force. But she's consistently passed over for Amy, the blonde white girl, who isn't even interested in being there. She wants to be an artist, y'all. Because of some arbitrary thing about Amy that is never explained to anybody until the very end of the movie. And that still does not make Amy very good at her job. (laughs) Very true. Very, very true. Uh, But yeah, I I think like Max is real, is a really good character. Like like her, her position, like sometimes I'm like, you know, you get annoyed with her because like, you're obviously meant to sympathize with Amy. Mm -hmm. But like, and like Max and Amy's like friendship is obviously like, there's a problem in like, like they both have like, like some tension with each other. That's like kind of clearly there, where like Amy's like, "Yeah, you're always right." Like near the beginning, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, like she just does what Max says, and she doesn't really like do what she wants. But like Max is obviously has the issues of like Amy being like this praise girl, even though she's doing all this work and doing all these things better than her. Mm-hmm. But just Amy is always going to get the praise because she's white and pretty and won the thing or whatever. Good at the mysterious test that no one knows why it's important. Yep. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons Max is probably handled pretty well is because I'm pretty sure Angela Robinson's a woman of color. She is, yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. so I, I like that um, even the non-primary characters are generally handled with that kind of depth and that consideration of the tensions that would be there. They're not just f- facilitators for Amy. Yeah, it's... R- that Except was- Dominique, who... Is there. (laughs) She's so tired and it's beautiful. Well, you'd be tired too if you were up till all hours fucking dudes that you then throw out the window. Get out. (laughs) She has one character trait, but honestly, um, Devin Aoki plays it so well that I don't care. She's really (laughs) awesome. I'm pretty sure Dominique is is deeper than the character that, that Aoki played in, you know, uh, Sin City, so there's that. Low bar. <laughs> Deliberately low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do really appreciate, because I've, I've only seen this movie twice, this was my second go-around, but I, I really appreciated how how much, like Dorothy said, the rest of the squad becomes, it has their own stuff that you can focus on and their own consistent arcs. Like, Max is just acting to the best of her ability with the information other people give her, even though the natural pull of the of the main plot the first time around like nudges you towards seeing her as an op- like just an oppositional force because the plot says so because that's how these stories work. 
boy, I had a lot less sympathy for Janet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Janet just gets worse the more times I watch it. Yeah, like, she's, like, a little bit funny, but it's definitely not, like, I, I don't like her, and I don't I don't know if you're supposed to like her, because, I mean, they give her a romantic subplot, so I guess you're supposed to like her. I guess? I mean, it was 2004, and she definitely feels like the way for straight people to come into this movie. Like, look, here's a person who doesn't think she's homophobic, but actually she was a homophobia, and here's how she learned to be better than that. Like, that's so 2004. Yeah. And she's rewarded with a boyfriend. She's yeah. rewarded with a heterosexual lifestyle for being a good gay ally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she she is the um, she is the standard rom com friend who sort of gets a reward at the end mm-hmm. character, but but like, damn, Scud, aim higher. <laughs> I mean, Scud just seems to go with the flow. Their entire criminal empire is a very go with the flow kind of thing. I get the feeling that. You know, receiving the keys from the ki- to the kingdom after her father died or not, I still get the feeling that Lucy ended up as a super criminal due to a senior prank gone terribly wrong or something. <laughs> like, things just ballooned. <laughs> She's winging it. Like, she definitely seems like, like that kind of, like, like, like her crew, like, I think they're all, like, dancing with her when she's, like, giving away, like, all this stuff. So it seems like everyone's just down with it. They're like, yeah, let's all quit being villains together. Why not? <laughs> They play bingo when they're not robbing things. They don't appear to do anything with anything they steal. No. Even. They've still got all the money and paintings sitting around. (laughs) I like that they just return all of their stolen art to the Louvre. Like, these are the right people to sort out our mess. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know if we got it from the Louvre, but, like, that's where fancy art goes, so. Indiana Jones told me it belongs in a museum. Oh, don't open the Indiana Jones can here. Oh my gosh. I mean, she wanted to be a pirate, so I guess she's living that, like, fantasy pirate lifestyle. I'm just stealing for the fun of it. Okay, but now I want Jordana Brewster in in a pirate costume. Like, a really cheap one. I would love it. I would love her to be in a pirate movie. Just a lesbian pirate movie. Can we get that next, Angela Robinson? (laughs) Take my money. So, Angela Robinson's pirates. (laughs) Like, right, Disney's trying to make that franchise work somehow. Reboot it. Make it lesbian pirates. Let's go. <laughs> Here is that. What if we took out the what if we took out the wife using uh, abusing terrible man and put in Jordana Brewster? <laughs> it would be so much better. Okay, but let, let's shop this around. So we've got Jordana Brewster, but we need an existing character to to give her a connection to, to move her into the franchise. I would suggest Zoe Saldana's character. Oh, you mean the character who was in one movie and then was never developed ever again? (laughs) I would watch a rom-com about Zoe Saldana and Jordana Brewster. Take my money! (laughs) That'd be great. That would be great. You can just, like, have a a big, like, diverse cast, like, like just just fill it with stars that aren't even good at acting because it's pirates. It doesn't need to be. <laughs> this this is just a popcorn action blockbuster, mm-hmm. but with lesbians. Like put Haley Kiyoko in it and Janelle Monae. Yes, good. This is good. Just like a crew of lesbian pirates. Yeah, Tessa Thompson has to be here. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, clearly, clearly, clearly. <laughs> I mean, listen, people People liked Ocean's 8. It did okay, so we take that, but now it's pirates, and it's gay. I mean, I'm so fucking in. I, I don't uh, know why it's not Kate already Blanchett happening. Kate Blanchett can be the villain. 
It's not Are, Prince List movie does really good. That's in development apparently. Then maybe ooh. eventually we'll get Raven the Pirate Princess, and that's a book full of lesbians. Probably not going to happen. Even if that movie is like the biggest success, they won't use they won't use the lesbian. But mm. oh, now we've depressed ourselves about Hollywood again. I'm sorry. I feel like, <laughs> okay. I feel like this this movie devs though would appeal really strongly to everybody who had a crush on Shigo. Yes. Just, just all them Kim Possible fans out there. It does have a very Kim Possible feel. Like, we touched on it at the beginning, but this very feels high school anime in places. Like, the big oh. climactic love decoration is at a prom. It's not a prom, but it's a prom. Yes, it's theoretically some sort of high school, or, or college, yeah. uh, you know, secret spy college graduation ceremony, but it's definitely prom. Like, I don't know what those dudes are doing, dumping booze into the punch. You are old enough to order a drink from the waiter. Yeah, it seems like somewhere along the way, they like it was supposed to be a high school movie, but they had that SAT thing, and they're like, wait, you don't take the SATs to get into high school? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, 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 what do we do? Uh... (laughs) It's college, but it's like a high school. Or like, maybe like everyone's really committed to the bit, like it's a fake high school. (laughs) <laughs> but like because they're spies and they're supposed to be underage so they can get like into places they can play <laughs> yes, innocent, that's so why. it's all the bit it's all the bit <laughs> <laughs> well you know they're honing their ability to pull off consistent covers <laughs> over the course of four years where they only have one <laughs> and she's writing a thesis you don't write a thesis in high school I like that they call it a thesis and not a capstone Okay, but it is an extremely high It's school. a very bad thesis also. Yes. <laughs> it's very bad. We get just the concept and it's a bad thesis. Amy needs to go into art because um, writing long-form psychological analysis is not her strong suit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, she... um, Daddy issues, I swear. Yeah, she, th- that's her diagnosis of what's wrong with, with Lucy, who she's never met before daddy issues <laughs> well she had a prominent father figure and he died and now she do a crime so what else is she to conclude he also did a crime though hmm so diagnosis she's lex luther <laughs> i mean i'd watch that too i just want like can someone give me the deb's license so i can make deb's comics please thank you <gasps> oh. oh my god that would be great I would be That'd so be fucking excellent. down. I would definitely work with whatever company wants to buy those license rights, and uh, I will write for you for a reasonable page rate. Yes. I mean, we can. Max deserves a whole subplot about how at the end of the movie she has worked hard for all of this and now is deeply disillusioned by the idiots at the top of the power structure, so. Yeah. Because they are idiots, by the way. Mm hmm. Ms. Petrie has the greatest line ever, though. Go and on. it was great watching Fry react to it. <laughs> So after Amy has been kidnapped, no, no, this is before Amy's kidnapped. It's after she has just met Lucy and nobody's ever done that and lived to tell the tale before. Ms. Petrie, the head of their weird spy organization, shows up and is like, you're like, oh, oh, what's the movie with Jody and the little dog falls in the hole and there's lotion and the lambs. No, no. And, and her assistant's like, Silence of the Lambs. You're the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most realistic way I've ever seen somebody describe a movie in a movie. 
Because you never remember the plot of anything. You just remember, like, four weird details and hope that whoever you're talking to could put them together. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's true. Everyone who fucking talks about movies and movies is like a movie buff. He's like, oh, here we go. Remember that movie starring this star? Like the Ready Player One film. (laughs) (laughs) It was the one in which he really explored his feelings of loss and alienation in the human condition. (laughs) We have no idea what we're talking about. No. (laughs) But but that's always how they talk about it in movies. (laughs) They always they always sound like like fucking uh, like fucking American Psycho talking about music. Mm -hmm. Here I'm doing it. Uh huh. See, <laughs> they always sound like Patrick Bateman discussing music, where they've written an essay in their head and we're just waiting to drop it. Yeah, like the reality of describing movies is like, do you like fiction books? I'm really into fiction books. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes there's kissing, or somebody does a punch. Oh my god, I love the part where they do a punch after they do a kissing. <gasps> <gasps> ah, dope. <laughs> there is a really good eye for like really for, for natural comedy in, in this like it's not laugh out loud funny a lot of the time but it's consistently charming and silly yeah and it's not a realistic world but it knows how silly it is mm-hmm. and isn't ashamed of that because you know how in say harry potter the world is inherently silly but everybody has to treat it as though it's a serious setting because it's fantastical. In this world, the world is silly, and everybody's vaguely aware of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not like trying to wink, wink, nudge, nudge, a ho, we're a bad movie, which is... Yeah, it's not cynical in that way. Mm-hmm. That's always the kiss of death for a, a campy movie or a bad movie, is if they're like, we made this shitty on purpose. Please stop. They like legitimately make funny jokes that are just silly. Mm-hmm. You know, like like when they're going through the tunnel into the punk place, and there's just like that long visual gag, like like everything is just like night. There's so many subtle little jokes like that. Watching it the second time, because I also actually just this is my second time watching it. It was like, oh my gosh, like this is like really cute. It's like, and I was impressed with the like the CG effects, like because they make them like not like bad to be bad, but like cartoony in a way that's like, oh, it works with this like cartoon ass tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of the CG effects represent holograms in universe. So, and the the tiny supercomputers that look like Austin Powers, <laughs> just in your car. But honestly, it doesn't look that dated. Like its futury stuff is silly and that cartoony thing, but it doesn't look like obviously. Oh, well, we didn't do that at all. Well, this is two thousand four. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you gave someone $3.5 million, which is the budget apparently this movie had, they would make a movie that looks worse than this. So. Almost certainly. Uh-huh. Yeah, Angela Robinson is really smart um, in, in using the money this movie has and the camera and, like, what she has to work with. And she's very, very careful about uh, about her money outlays on, on talent. Because everybody's pretty good, but nobody's a top-tier star. I think the biggest star they've got is probably Michael Clark Duncan. Who has two, maybe three scenes. Yep. And he's there. Um, he finally explains what the uh, the secret test in the SAT is in time for uh, Amy to realize an important truth about herself. 
their feelings. He, he appears to just be going along with this situation, too. He doesn't seem very invested in the spy thing. He's just there. Just like, okay. Look, it's a living. <laughs> look, look, it be like, I have a college degree in theater. So what am I supposed to do? I just became a spy. I wasn't worth <laughs> anything in the, in the market. <laughs> I would also read a spinoff comic about how the upper echelons of this organization are just people who couldn't do anything with their degree. That would be amazing. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a philosophy major. <laughs> well, you know, th- th- there's this whole theme about frustrated artists in this, because if you'll remember, um, Ninochka became an assassin because she couldn't get anybody to tutor her in ballet. There we go. We're artistic. We we got the deeper core. It's thematic. You're right, and I hate that. <laughs> Ninochka's the most amazing character in this movie. Oh my god. It's it's like the pl- she she's like the platonic ideal of a bad date. <laughs> Desperate, clingy, and just plain scary. Yes, and very angry with you on a dime. <laughs> but I like that she's an assassin and she didn't like go to try to kill Amy or something. She was like, I'm just gonna snitch. I just want her to get in trouble. I like that apparently everybody in the world knew that Amy was missing and had the Debs you know, phone number memorized to call from a payphone. <laughs> from a payphone. Oh, there's a payphone in this movie. Oh my gosh, 2000s. Early 2000s. And things like, still existed that were about to about, leave. You know, during their rom-com montage. Because they're not subtle. No. And just phones up the Debs and is like, hey, somebody I went on a date with one time has one of your people. Come punish them. <laughs> I'm so angry about this person I had one unsuccessful date with dating someone else. <laughs> and I mean, not that everyone in this movie isn't peak U-Haul lesbian. Like, at, at the end, a- Amy um, and Lucy go off to Barcelona after they've known each other. The, the timeline of this movie is, like, two weeks. <laughs> but. But, like, damn, lady. I think this is your problem. <laughs> but she can change. But she's not looking for a relationship. She she also has that Russian accent. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Zoya the Destroyer from Glow. That is the level of Russian accent we have here. It's so good. I love cheesy accents, and I love Dominique and Nanashka. It, it, it's like Fox Force 5, the um, the pilot that Mia Wallace was in in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. It's that, but, you know, for a teen rom-com, mm-hmm. where the French girl's speciality was sex. Like, of course that was. Of course. She smokes cigarettes and has sex. She's, yep. she's French. Drink black coffee. I don't need a meal. I'll drink black coffee. Thank you. <laughs> meal that none of them, by all accounts, get the actual chance to eat. She kind of depresses me for them. I, I do kind of like that little scene-setting moment, though, where they go into the Debs Cafe on their Debs campus in their little Debs car, and they sit down, and they all uh, order, you know, personality-related breakfasts. Mm-hmm. Amy's a vegetarian, apparently. Well, you know, she's a, she's she's an artist. Peach smoothie and a tofu scramble. At least Max is eating a breakfast that will actually fill her up. And give her energy to kick so much ass. And Janet is eating a burger because she's wholesome with extra pickles. <laughs> Why? It's 10 a.m. 
him. Yeah, but the best part of that scene is that they all place their orders, and then Miss Petrie and Mr. Phipps show up to, like, tell them what to do and give them a mission. And then halfway through that, the server comes back and gives them their food in the middle of that discussion. And it's amazing because that never happens in movies. It was really good. That was one of my favorite, like, little moments. There's so many good, like, little jokes, and there's so many good, like, character moments. Like, I love that it started and didn't go, like, here's the origins of them all meet. Like, it wasn't that kind of story. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have worked if it was, but... Like, I felt like, I was like, I'm in the world. This feels like I'm walking into an episode of, like, Deb's The Show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the opening is very smart that way to just convey to you that okay this is a world setting mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's it, its own little trailer slash opening sequence at the beginning in a way that's really cute and it shows in a them in all different uniforms for different <laughs> spy missions they've presumably done while amy writes her incredibly shitty thesis it, it also manages one or two genuinely good emotional punches like the um after Amy gets back from kidnapping, that's a genuinely kind of raw, painful scene. It is, like especially when they're like, "Oh, she must have been hypnotized or something." Mm-hmm. Just like, giving all of these explanations they can come up with to invalidate her actual emotional journey that she's not even completed, that she's in the middle of. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's really painful there. Yeah, and this whole subtext of, look, you're the golden girl, and we need you to get back in that closet. Yeah, like, they're not her friends again until she performs heterosexuality. By saying that she'd go to the the not prom with the man that she was dating before. Who is terrible. Who is the worst. Who she'd broken up with before even any of this happened. Right, this isn't even, like, one of those lesbian stories where, like, they have a boyfriend, but they're not into the boyfriend, and then in the middle of an unfulfilling relationship, they meet somebody they're actually attracted to. She she straight up broke up with him. She already broke up with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his dad. And Max and Dominique said they didn't like him, but, when she, but later, when they find out she's gay, oh, I mean, he's better than being gay. He and his horrible hair. His horrible, horrible hair. And if I'm gonna diagnose anybody in this movie with daddy issues, it's him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All of the presents he give her, gives her have some weird connection to his dad, and it's just there. <laughs> My dad got this on a cocaine bust. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like that's intentional, almost. <laughs> like, here's, like, the actual daddy issues. Like, she was putting shit on to Lucy that she was experiencing in her own life. Again, it's very deep and thematic. I see what they did there. He reminds me really strongly of, um the douchey not love interest from a movie um, that I want to watch eventually if I can get a copy of it again called Feds where um, Rebecca DeMornay and I can't recall the other actress's name, but they're, um, they're training at Quantico and they have to help one another get through the program and become FBI agents. And I wonder if that was like a deliberate illusion. Maybe it's not a very well-known movie, but it's a really cute movie. So that's kind of what it reminds me of there. Hmm. Robinson apparently wrote the script for this in addition to directing. So kudos to this for being an extremely good version of a first film. Like it avoids mm-hmm. a lot of the first film pitfalls. I think a lot of the first film pitfalls got worked out. Those kinks got worked out when she made it as, you know, a student short film. Yeah, like she did two short films before this. So I guess those are like her training ground. 
Yeah, and she already, you know, had a bite at this story specifically. Mm-hmm. Right, so had a lot of time to think about how to stage it, the shortcomings of staging it. Because the, the short film um, had more of a an ongoing series feel, where apparently Lucy had been just periodically kidnapping Amy every so often for a while, and then they'd have kinky bondage sex while, while Amy was chained up. Good. And... As I recall, most of the joke was the Debs crawling through the um, the air duct system to rescue her while she's, she's like, oh no. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah, and I appreciate how it was developed more into a, a real sort of emotional story for this. It wasn't just a, a whole film to get around to that punchline that punchline doesn't really even happen yeah i mean there is like a brief sight gag with diamond encrusted uh, handcuffs because amy's theoretically supposed to try to arrest lucy at no point does she Mm. they they have like a very pg-13 sex scene that's super cute like really cute and playful in in a charming way how do bras work (laughs) (laughs) oh no i was trying to be swath I think on one of my viewings, I watched the TV version of it, and I think they cut that scene. Really? Wow. Because it was rated TVPG on the TV viewing I watched before I could find it, like, legally. It's so tame. It's so tame. Yeah, it's rated PG. So that tracks. I, but it was it was supposed to be on TV, I guess. That makes sense. They cut a sex scene a little bit. Like, it was still there. Like, they were, like, you know, naked in bed together, and the sex was still there. So I don't know, like, what, like, like, you know, like... Uh, I don't even know if that's actually the case or if I'm just, like, blanking out on the scene from that viewing. I was like, was that there? I mean, I would believe it, because you know how TV do. Yeah. Yeah, and how ratings tend to, you know, ramp up the, the minute something is not straight. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think this movie could have gotten a peachy in some ways. Like, sure. if we were just talking about that scene, like, they're fully clothed. Well, I mean, they're down to their bras, but... There's no real nudity. We see Amy's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd show this to my kid. I'd have mm-hmm. no problem. I don't care if they're, like, five. I'd be like, okay, you can watch this. It's a five-year-old so might be bored, I think, but, like, a ten-year-old? Yeah, I think they'd love this. Yeah, there's light. It's light, colorful. People are doing funny things. There's no serious peril or blood or anything. Mm-hmm. The emotional... I don't... This is gonna sound condescending and i don't mean it that way but like the emotional stakes are very middle school which i think is good Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's got that same sort of um vibe as but i'm a cheerleader in -hmm. terms of the really light lesbian rom-coms from that era except this one isn't trying to deal with really dark shit yeah this one is not set in, in a conversion camp Mm-hmm. Instead, we just have, you know, scary supervillains who aren't scary at all. No. Which, which is a, a a nice sort of um, little thematic thing, too, that Lucy represents this villainous, scary, corrupting force that's extremely dangerous mm-hmm. in Amy's mind. But, but in reality, the actual imposing villain is the head of her own power structure she's bought into. Like, that's... This is actually a really impressively subtle script in some ways <laughs> i think sometimes like you're the smart like the smartest writer isn't afraid to be dumb like you can make the smartest stuff by by expressing it in a really silly way like that as a writer who writes like comic books and stuff like that's definitely something i i aim to do it's like no this is about something 
I'm just letting you have fun and you're going to take that in. Yeah, well, and not every lesson needs to or even should be imparted at the highest level of discussion. Sometimes it's really good to have these these conversations available in softer entertainment and entertainment for younger ages. Mm-hmm. Because it allows viewers to come back to it over time and to really think about it as they go on. Yeah, like I imagine so many little kids are going to be like, you know, are watching like Steven Universe right now and like don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get like why the gay stuff is important, but might like, you know, come back and be like, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. In 10 years, like, wow, that show was so important and it really shaped who I am. Mm hmm. 100%. I'm, I'm excited to see that generation. Because, I mean, we already have, like, Gen Z is already super gay. Uh, but. Warms <laughs> my heart. It, it does. I was yeah. like. The kids I'm are like, going to be okay. Study after study that show that they're like 50% gay. It's like not even, it's not even <laughs> less than 50%. It's like half of them are gay. And I'm like, thank you, kids. But haven't you heard? Adventure Time is going to, to turn our children gay with sudden onset dysphoria. Adventure Time. <laughs> Right. Yes, the like, one not, kiss not... scene after, like, a really gross heterosexual kiss. <laughs> like, not to downplay Marceline and Bubblegum, who I understand people like very much, but yes. Adventure Time? Not the other That's show. That's the one you're blaming. <laughs> Adventure Time. Well, that's such a nice, wholesome show for straight people. Not like, <laughs> not like Steven Universe. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, I think the problem, especially, like, you get a lot of, like, the, the like, built-in, like, shipper kind of dynamics in something like Adventure Time that, like, aren't positive. Like, I love people who ship things don't get mad at me, people who ship things. I, I like to ship gay things, especially Marceline and Bubblegum. I love them. They're one of my top ships. But, They're very good. But when you have those kind of, like, shipping environments, you can definitely get, like, the subtle, not-so-subtle homophobia. And, like, it's not that I don't like gay people. It's just that I don't, like, this is, like, it doesn't make sense for the characters because, like, Bubblegum really should have got with Finn. And I don't think kids should see gay kisses. I don't know. I've never seen, I haven't seen that. I haven't actually seen any negative reaction to it, but I'm very good at using block lists. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 seen, I, I have seen exactly the shit you are talking about. I promise it's there. Yeah. I definitely saw so much of that for Korra uh, when that was done. I'm not homophobic. It just gets in the way of my straight ship, and I don't have any problems with lesbians. No, I, I saw or bisexuals. Um, I saw I'm not homophobic, but why can't girls just be friends for Cora? Oh my mm-hmm. god, I fucking hate that stuff so much. Late, late in the last season, I had somebody tell me that they they just love Cora because it's so important to, to see a show where girls are friends, and they'd be really disappointed if. <sighs> And then, then after it happened, again, I was not even watching Cora, but (laughs) again, after, after they were not in fact popping bottles, I was just sitting there like popcorn, (laughs) like suck it. (laughs) Oh my God. My, my like worst comic book shop experience came from me trying to go buy Cora Turf Wars. There's this girl in a Yuri on ice shirt, in a Yuri on ice shirt. Oh my and she's God. walking with me and my partner, and we're walking down, and we're like, oh, we'd like to get the Cora book, we can't find it, do you guys have it? She's like, you know, I think there's, like, you know, I like when, like, gay stuff is, like, you know, like, it's not in your face. It's not in your face <laughs> about it, you know, like, I have a problem with it, because it's, it's, it's so in your face. 
And this is a girl in a Yuri on ice shirt. I want to continue the repeat. <laughs> Those were friendship rings. <laughs> Like, like she clearly is one of those, like, yaoi girls who don't like, like, lesbian shit. Yep. Oh, God. Um, and don't like, like, real gay representation, but, like, definitely, like, Yuri on Ice is just on the line enough for them, which I love Yuri on Ice. It's one of my favorite animes. I'm not insulting right, Yuri but... on Ice. I'm saying it's fucking ridiculous that the person who gave me this really homophobic rant while I was with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, we were being gay together. I was, I, I was trying to pass. I think I was in a dress or something. And just, like, because that was around the time I started, like, being out uh, mm-hmm. in public more. So, anyway, like, it was like, what the fuck? Like, it's like, it's just, there's so many things. It's just like, like, why do you have to have everything be so I'm like, why does everything have to be so sh-? Like, we left. We are like, you know what? We're never coming back to this comic book store. And that, now I don't buy single issue comics. Ta-da! Yeah, and I, that is exactly the type of experience that will turn me off of a comic shop specifically immediately because if they have one person like that on their staff or if that's a comfortable environment for a person like that to be in there just talking that's not a store i want to be in because comic shops specifically are so hostile inherently most of the time that it's absolutely terrible trying to find a place to buy single issues i mean and like she said it to like very obviously queer people Yep. Neither of us was, like, very straight-looking. Um, yep. Well, they, they do that to see if they can get away with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they can, because what are you going to do? Right. You're going to have a knockdown drag out fight with this stranger, and you're tired, and you have a whole day ahead of you. Exactly. It was like, I didn't even find the book I wanted. They didn't have it, so I couldn't even, like... Yeah, it wasn't even worth it. I had to hear her talk, and then they didn't even have the book. Couldn't even spite purchase it from her and make her sell it to you. <laughs> Looking her dead in the eyes. Yep. Um, so that was great. It was fantastic. And uh, that's that's the kind of stuff. And I am sorry to get us on that tangent. Not oh, at all. No, no. <laughs> but a proposal for all of you. Angela Robinson doing like all ages media. Because clearly she has the like the capacity for it here. Give her a fucking show. Like there's so many streaming services. There's so many streaming services, and, like, they all want to make kids media, but none of them want to be bold. You could get the fucking gay dollar so hard. Mm-hmm. Like, if you any of these streaming services are like, so. we're going to launch ten new anime, like, all our animated shows from now on are going to have gay representation. <laughs> right? Good. Like, upfront main characters. Then that's the show that all the parents that are gay are going to take their kids, which there's a lot of now. Mm-hmm. All, like, the gay, like... Like, Gen Z kids who are about to get their own money because they're about to go to college or are in college. Oh, God. God. Sorry, I just felt old. Go (laughs) on. Yeah. I mean, not all of them are that old. Some of them are, like, 16 still, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I think Wonder Women is... Is it R-rated? Um, yeah, there's some nudity in there. Right. I I mean, like... And I think swearing. Hmm. Like, the sex scenes in that movie are good. Plus, it probably got rated higher just for kink. Of course. Because, ooh, scary kink. But, like, she, she does that well, but I feel like she's just so good at making accessible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she made Herbie fully loaded, so we all know that she can make uh, fantastic kids <laughs> I want to know what happened there, because it's, like, Debs, and then the next year was her- Herbie fully loaded, and then she retreated to television for, like, a decade. I'm guessing with Herbie Fully Loaded, they heard she'd done a movie, you know, 
about teenage girls doing action and concluded that she's cheap and can put out a, a movie that made back something on very little budget. So here's the Lohan fi- feature. Mm. That was the one that had all of the really substance abuse issues on set, as I recall. Yes. I mean, it it, it wasn't the canyons. Mm, boy, that is... That is a film that we have talked about talking about, but also probably won't because we don't want to spotlight the horrible rapist in it. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't movies fine? They are. Let's let's bring it back and end on this very good movie. <laughs> this yeah, very yeah. good, happy movie. It's really, movie. really good. It yeah. is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is one of the, the episodes where we're going to surprise no one by ending with unreserved recommendations mm-hmm. yes. this is a cute movie it's a fun movie it looks good it, it has pleasant to watch yeah it had like parts of it have aged like like janet's whole arc feels very of that time in how to deal with homophobia but there's not like a ooh, this this looks shaggy in comparison like say the l word <laughs> like it, it it holds up extraordinarily well you can look at the flip phones and go oh Remember those? It's just a very bright, sunny, bubblegummy sort of universe. Mm-hmm. It, it, it gives you hope for the universe. There's a happily ever after. It's just a nice rom-com. It ends, as all things with lesbians should, with them driving down a highway into the future. That's right. Mm-hmm. But not off a cliff. No, not off a cliff. God. But, but they have the Utena ending. What, what more can you want? The Utena and Bound ending. Yes, it's good. This is a theme. It's a theme that I approve of. It's a pretty good theme. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Alexis. This has been amazing, and we definitely want you to come back and talk about movies with us more. I would be happy to come and uh, give you my super uneducated take on movies. You all know movies. Like, you guys will reference movies, and I'm like, I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! And it was pretty good. (laughs) That is a very kind way to say that we don't go outside or have social lives. I, I don't go outside or have a social life. I just read indie web comics that no one will understand, and I have no cultural frame of reference for anyone. Yeah, but see, I don't have the uh, dedication to practice at art to get good at it, so you're already ahead of me there. <laughs> well, I don't draw, so I just write and then hope that I can get artists to work with me and save lots of money and then go in debt. That's always really fun. Perfect. Yeah. It's a foolproof system. <laughs> it is. I'm in a lot of debt. It's great. Well, can, would you would you like to tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff and give you money? Yeah. You can find me at, at TransComics on Twitter, where you can uh, find all the links to ways you can give me money to help me pay off my giant student loans, as everyone has. Oh my gosh. Uh, but mine are a little bit bigger because I took some money out of it to pay an artist to do a comic. I was oh, like, no. I just take a little bit more loans from the federal government. I can do that. I'm poor. I'm already poor. I might as well just commit to it. Exactly. Fuck yeah. Uh, so that was really cool, but I, I'm really not upset about it. It's just it's just part of the reality. I, I made a very conscious choice to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can find me at Trans Comics, and that's a cool place you can go to find all my links uh, and... You know, if you already donate to Trash and Treasure, which you should do before you support me, you can go to patreon.com backslash Alexis Sergio. 
where you can see like some articles sometimes I write that aren't very well edited because I, I just kind of put them up whenever I want. And uh, you can listen to all my other podcasts there uh, or you can go to right here on SoundCloud if you're listening on SoundCloud. You can, uh, trans podcasts at uh, soundcloud.com backslash trans podcast because I am the trans authority. I'm at trans comics. I'm at trans podcast. I own these things. I am. I am. I have the URL. Can't can't stop me, other trans. <laughs> I support this. You got it. <laughs> All right. And if you want to listen to more of this show, you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a rating or review, we super appreciate that because it helps people find us. You can email us at trashandtreasures underscore pod at outlook dot com, or find us on social media at trashandtreasurespod.tumblr.com or on Twitter at trashpod, or you can find me on Dorothy at writer Vry and at Dorothy Not Gale. Yeah, this has been amazing. Um, And be sure, everyone, be nice and say nice things and tell us what kind of uh, guest convos you might be interested in hearing uh, us talk with and about and words do good in the future. (laughs) All right. Thank you again. Um, And everybody take care of yourselves out there. Bye, y'all. Bye.